Well, happy holidays and happy almost Thanksgiving from the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust for this week of November 13th, 2015. As always, we're brought to you by Sullivan's at Brookstone, where they have lunch Wednesday through Sunday. That's right, Sunday Sullivan's lunch. And dinner Thursday through Saturday nights. And on Saturday, they have prime rib, the best in the world. Same great food as the Sullivan's downtown, plus some new menu items and Sunday lunch. Can't beat it. You can also eat outside on their patio during some of these really nice days we're having. So visit Sullivan'sBrookstone.com or their Facebook page for the menus and more details. And tell them you heard about it on the Anderson Observer Podcast, News from People You Trust. And it has been yet another great week in Anderson, everybody. So many great things going on, and it is beginning to shape up like Christmas. If you've been to any store, you've seen that. Uh, and people will be putting up their trees since Thanksgiving's a little bit late this year. It's the last Thursday of the month, um, which falls almost at the very end of the month. And as the year grows near the end, and the days are getting shorter and shorter, which we are all noticing, there are some already looking ahead to 2016, and I don't mean the presidential candidates that are still filling the trees like crows. Uh, just as an aside, uh, Carly Fiorina will be in Anderson Monday night, so you might want to try to catch that if you caught Donald Trump, if you are a person who does not believe it's too early to start thinking about the process. But among those who are in Anderson County who are thinking about making a difference next year is Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns. He says council is moving very quickly to get the county industrial park built and occupied before the end of 2016. And we're catching up with Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns. We're going to talk first about the Anderson County Finance Committee meeting that met today. And one of the big things, we'll talk about several things here, but one of the big things that everybody's been talking about is the industrial park in Sandy Springs. Mm -hmm. And tell me how we move forward with that. Well, what we're doing, we're still uh, doing our due diligence. Uh, we're still working with the price and uh, trying to get all our ducks in a row, make sure that's exactly the right thing to do. As you can well imagine, other people have, have uh, brought other properties to our attention, so they deserve to be examined also. But we're positioning ourselves so that we can move with dispatch because we know that there are people who want to locate, and they want to locate in Anderson County, but they want to locate a in an industrial park and b they need to have uh they have a need for speed they need to be there very quickly so we're looking at putting in some pads that are already there so after that you basically can just jump and go well how close are we on the sandy springs site i mean is that still that that's uh, that's uh our prime site right now that's and, plan a but we do yeah, have a plan b and yeah but we work. always need to remember that that site which we refer to as the rogers site because that was family who had it forever right. uh that, was, that is already a site that has been certified. Right. In other words, all of the due diligence of phase one environmental, of phase two environmental has been done. Right. And that's been done five or six years. Right. So just this need for product. Product is what's driving everything these days. Product, product. You don't see too many greenfield sites anymore. And usually when you see a greenfield site, mm -hmm. it's a monster. Right. I'm talking about, no, we don't want to go into an existing building no, we don't want to go to an industrial park because we're going to be in two or 300 acres. And speaking to that, uh, as a matter of fact, at 4 o'clock, we're going to a meeting about doing the basic utilities on a large tract in the Piedmont Powdersville area, which may be one of the last large mega sites. So it could be actually a second one down the road somewhere. Uh, well, it would probably be. That, that piece of land would be, be prepped 
for one large user. But we would not be purchasing that. Right. The uh, landowners are working with us hand in glove. And so, like so a lease or some sort of yeah, just make sure that it's there. But we're still in the process of making sure the utility's there. Doing so we're courting notice. somebody for that site and hoping that'll. Well, we're hoping that comes to fruition. Now the the one in Sandy Springs, how many acres? Remind me again. That is uh, two hundred and twenty acres. Okay, and the gen the 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 price they're asking is four million. Four million for two hundred and twenty acres. Right, right there. On but the... naturally, we would have to spend some money for sewer. We right. would have to do that. And speaking of sewer, you're talking about exciting things. This may not be exciting to anybody in the world, but the main trunk sewer that we have in Anderson County right. is called the Five Mile Line. And the reason it's called that is because it's five miles. It's, brilliant, brilliant. It's been in the ground for over 40 years. Right. And as you can well imagine, it needs some attention. Right. So we opened bids on that this week. And I think the price off the top of my head is $2.5 million, which we're very happy with that price. And I uh, also want to thank Brian White greatly because he was able to assist us with getting a million dollars for that project. And that means we will have to make up a million and a half. But because council passed the new sewer regulations three years ago, we can now afford to put in the million and a half with right. no, no uh, increase in the general fund or any tax whatsoever. Right. So this portion so of the project- So that's the thing, I wanna make that clear. People. No tax increases we're talking about for any of this. No, no. This is this is going to pay for itself pretty quickly. Well, it, it well, thanks to the help of Brian White and thanks to the new sewer regulations we have, it won't go on the general fund. Right. In, in the past, we had to prop up our sewer fund, never right. any money, no money for repair, no money for maintenance, but now we can actually fix things. Right, and the $4 million too. That's, we're not talking about raising taxes to pay for that. If we have to No, we are absolutely that, not that talking land. about raising taxes and it's to pay an, for and that. And the money we're saving, you mentioned, just want to clarify, a lot of the stuff we'd have to do on other properties has already been done there. Correct. And if we get going there, how fast, I mean, would it be feasible to have somebody in there in that space? Well, let's put it this way. If we'd had it there three months ago, somebody would already, be, already there. be there. They would so, already be there. I mean, before the end of next year, easily, right? If, Easily, but maybe even earlier than that. Year, maybe even earlier than that. And how many? How many? I guess it depends on the size, but it could accommodate multiple. Yes. Well, one of the things that we're going to be doing, acres, yeah. doing here next week is we're going to be contacting firms to uh, ascertain their expertise in designing industrial parts. And there are many people who specialize right. that. So we want to make sure that. So we want to make sure that. Uh, we maximize every acre of that land. And as you well know, Tri-County Tech has expressed a great interest in great interest in putting an industrial training facility on that piece of property, which we think that would just make it absolute. So kill. whoever comes in, their people can be trained just by walking across to the next building. Walk, fall out the door. And they'll be there to be trained for whatever yes. those jobs are, are, are Correct. aimed at. Okay. So uh, what else do we need? Oh, the Green Pond, the uh, money, more money. Green Pond, finally, for... after, after many, many, many months and days, we're going to get the additional $640,000 to do more improvements at Green Pond. Great facility already. Yes, but we still need to, we need to constantly be improving it until we get it fully built out. Because A, right now we're the hottest thing in the world, and we want to remain the hottest thing How in quickly the world. How quickly can we get to, are we going to keep moving? Are we having time for the march? It won't be in time for the march, but it will be in time for. Be, I'm gonna mention the huge march. We got a huge uh, yeah, tournament coming huge, in March. Huge tournament coming in March, and it'll probably be sometime in the spring when we're able to do that. Right. But uh, we'll be making that improvement. So a lot of good things. You know, we're sitting here at the courthouse. Uh, 
after July, excuse me, after January the 1st, the old Bells building and dime store will be coming down. Right. We've already completed the asbestos removal on those. Do we have a plan yet for that, though? I mean, we've talked about a lot of different things. Well, we have a plan to take it down. We have a plan to formalize it. As you know, council has allocated $1.5 million to do plans on, on the possibility right. of a new building. But... Everybody's asking the question. What's yeah, going on everybody right is, and when that, and I promise you this: right. when there's a big hole in the ground, there are going to be more questions. Right, and so uh, but one of the plans actually does have retail on the bottom. Well, there there are ideas. Remember, we've had interest from the private sector, right, who may want to purchase that site outright or go into a public-private partnership. I mean, you know, but should it always remain a public building? You have to remember that from uh, the back of the Bells Building all the way to the back of the new courthouse. When Anderson was laid out, right. if you look at any of those old maps, right. the county always owned everything in there. Now, through the years, some was sold off, right. but now the county got it back. And uh, same with the Bells Building. So this is one of the first times that it's all been put back together as it originally was when the town was laid out, when they met in the tavern, they said, let's do let's do this. Right. So uh, there's a big pub public things on the first floor. Right. That's what needs to be there so everybody like can retail be, and things retail like convention and visitor center bureau, right. economic development, things like that. We have a wonderful convention and visitor center bureau. Neil Paul's the interim director, he's doing he's blowing up the world. But you can't find it. You just uh, can't, can't find the location. And, and it's not gonna be though, I mean just a big office building. That's the one thing that's pretty no, and I, and I, a lot I, of people say that. A lot of people it's just gonna be another building for county employees. That's not gonna be the case. No, but but here here's another thing. I mean, you know, I don't think anybody in Anderson County ever wanted to just be a better in the community. People right. in Anderson are too proud for that. They don't want to be second to anybody. Right. They never have. They never will. There have been many occasions in the past where Anderson led the whole state in many, many different things. It's just the, the personality here, okay? Right. But you need something of significance if you're going to build it or don't build it. Right. And one of the things, and this is me, pie in the sky, like to dream. I think there ought to be an observation deck on the top of that building. Oh, for looking downtown. And wonderful. I think it wonderful needs to be idea. open seven days a week to the public. And there's a way to do that. You go look at the town of North Augusta. On their new municipal facility, they have a rooftop that people can rent out. Not to go in competition. I don't think we need to have it where you can have and parties. I don't think there's going to be so many things that you have to worry about that. But I think it would be wonderful if any citizen in Anderson County wanted to come out on a Sunday afternoon and say, let's go up there and look. That would be, And it would be good for the town to remind everybody who we are and what we are here, too. Absolutely, because you have, it's a strong personality. I know here. You got, you've had pillar to post meetings and you got more, but I want to finish up by talking about Christmas tree because that's obviously Christmas something tree that you and I, we both share this crazy love for Christmas. Rusty yes, and I absolutely. are Christmas people. We are Christmas people. Absolutely. And uh, we've ordered the Christmas tree. It's on the way. On the way. And when it gets here, we're putting it up. Even we're putting it up. Even before Thanksgiving. We're putting it up. Because Thanksgiving's late this year. So even Thanksgiving's before, late. Well, you pointed it out. I didn't know. Right. My brother and I were going, when are we having Thanksgiving at this uncle's house and this uncle's house and this uncle's right. house today? But uh, yes, we're going to get it up. I think it's going to be spectacular. And then we will take it down after Christmas. And then hopefully we can proceed with the plans for the fountain at that time. And I don't care if anybody puts suds in it. We'll get the suds right. out of it, and it needs to be lit up beautifully. And do we know, I mean, if you don't know, that's fine. We'll catch up between. Do we know when our county Christmas celebration things come? 
Uh, no, but the Right Honorable usually, Carrie Jones always knows the date. It's usually the first Friday, though. Isn't yeah. It's usually the first Friday, and we'll do all that. But, but Carrie Jones puts all that together, and he lets us know. Okay. Thanks, Rusty. Appreciate it. My pleasure. As Rusty said, the county is getting ready for Christmas, and that tree will be up sometime soon. Actually, as soon as it arrives, and that should be here in the next week, so we'll have a nice early Christmas tree up, and everybody will get to see why that was such a good idea. Not only the way it's going to look this year, but in the years to come. And I know the folks who are setting it up and decorating it are glad it's not going to take 10 days. Uh, Christmas also means the farmer's market is winding down one season and getting started in another. Um, there's still a little produce available out there. I've been out there about every day. Uh, well, not every day, but I've been out there like twice a week since uh, the growing season started. It was out there again this week, Saturday, and then again Thursday. And there's still some people selling produce. Of course, they have that same great honey that uh, you can get and some other things. But the crafts are starting to pick up. And Anderson County's Farmer's Market is about to begin their holiday market. And it is packed out. If you've not been out there, there are enough vendors selling crafts, Christmas gifts, Christmas decorations, and all sorts of other things. Uh, Farmer's Market Director Sherrick Nicomito said it's been a great season so far and that the holiday market will set us up for another great year. All right, we're going to talk about the Anderson's Farmer, the Anderson Farmer's Market. The, the growing season's just about over for the produce and stuff. There's still some stuff out there, though. I was out there Saturday. There is. Um, actually, we have nine more markets in the season. The open Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday through the 24th, which is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. That's right. You're so, ready with all your stuff there? Yep. Stop by and pick up your sweet potatoes for your sweet potato pies and all that good stuff for your Thanksgiving dinner. It's been a good year? It's been a good year. There were some challenges, um, you know, with the weather, early the dampness, on early. Yeah, but I think most of our farmers pulled through and and did good. Yeah, I think August and September were really good for them. I talked to a lot of them down there. Yeah. And uh, they were, seemed to be really pleased. With, and the crops seemed to be a little later this year, too, a lot of the stuff. They were. And things are still coming in that I didn't see this time last year. Yeah, yeah. There's still, I mean, there's collards and kale and crowder peas. And actually, I know there's still some green tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I've seen some squash, and mm -hmm. I still see. I saw a bunch of stuff down there. They were still unloading it, and yep. So, uh, but overall, all was a good year. Do you have anything planned for next year? Any different, or probably not. Um, hopefully, we're looking at bringing in some new vendors. I talked to a guy yesterday who's um, going to be doing mushrooms. Oh, okay. So he's looking at being a vendor next year. So. That's growing around here. I know. Okay, so the, the growing season part of the market, but a lot of people don't know that that market doesn't end then. Correct. So as soon as the, the produce stuff stops. Now, when I say that, the guy still brings honey, and there's still some things out there you can get, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That honey, let me tell you. The honey you can get out there. Oh, yeah. I have, to, I have to at least stop once a week to reload on honey, no matter how big a jar I buy. So wow. That stuff. I, and I never was a honey eater mm -hmm. before. It's just different yeah. than anything you can buy. Oh, yeah. Fresh, local. So after after that ends the twenty fourth, well, of course even before that even right we have some we begin with some things other than, or does it start after the twenty fourth? After the twenty oh, fourth okay. on Saturday the twenty eighth the holiday market will start and that'll run, um, the four Saturdays before Christmas that'll run ten to two. It starts a little later gives people a little little more chance to get up and get out but it'll be mostly crafts. I mean, there still will be some produce. The honey will still be there, mm -hmm. some of the baked goods. Um, but you'll be able to find a lot of unique 
Christmas gifts, things you wouldn't find anywhere else. Yeah, can you think of some ideas? I know they have Christmas decorations, I think some people like some mm -hmm. well. Ornaments and stuff, handmade. Uh-huh. What are some other stuff there? Uh, there's jewelry, there's soaps and lotions, you know, they do gift sets. Um, actually, there's a lady last year that did golf balls that had faces carved in them, um, fan blades that were, were painted. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of some of the really... You got a lot of people signed up already? A lot of people. A lot of people will actually fill up the market and spread out into the parking lot for the holiday market. Wow. And I know some of the people who have been coming pretty regularly to the market and plan on staying through that do some yeah. of the crafts and stuff. I talked to some of them too and they said that, yeah, they like to be around the whole year. Oh, yeah. So the market runs through when? It'll be December 19th. Okay. Will be, yeah, 19th will be the last and day. Then we Shut down to clean up and then straighten we, up and do all the repairs and everything we need to do. Yep, yep. We take a break until May. Um, we'll generally up. have a like a soft spring market in May, and then the regular season starts in June again. Right. Well, I hope everybody will come out in the last few weeks and load up because you can freeze a lot of stuff. Hope so. And then for the market, hope they get out. And I know if you hadn't been to the farmer's market this year, I don't know what's wrong with you because I'm out there every yep. week at least once a week and uh, hope to see everybody out there between now and Christmas. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thank you. One season ends, another begins. So we're looking forward to seeing what all will be out there at the holiday market. Uh, as I said, that there'll still be a few things folks have come regularly year round, but the holiday market is one of the favorite shopping spots for folks. So that, that starts the 24th, which is just around the corner. Speaking of favorite things, one of my closest friends, Jeff Kennelly, returned to Anderson this week to promote his new book. Jeff and I have been buddies for like 40 years, so it was great to see him again. His book event was held at Little Pig's Barbecue on a Monday night when they're normally closed. It brought in a big crowd, folks who were coming to meet Jeff for the first time, and a few old-timers who came back to reinitiate re the acquaintances from years gone by. You know, Jeff's family's from here. He was born here and grew up here. And he has been on a number of national shows. He's been on Fox and Friends, the Glenn Beck Show, a lot of other national radio programs for his books. And now he's finally made the big time by making an appearance on the Anderson Observer podcast, News from People You Trust. Okay, I'm talking to my friend Jeff Kinley. We've known each other for, I guess, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And over the 40 years, Jeff has carved out some very unique territory. He's the only... Beatles expert slash Christian author, I think that I know of. And if there's somebody else, y'all can send me an email, gwilsonandersonobserver.com, and I'll make sure to get them on the podcast. All right, Jeff, how do those two work together? How do you, how are you a Beatles expert and a Christian author? Well, here's the crazy thing. You're not going to hell, right? Yeah, as far as I know, yeah. Okay, all right. The crazy thing is that while we're having lunch here a few minutes ago, I got a text from London at a, a radio talk show wanting me to come on on their show as a Beatle expert. You know, it's funny, I grew up on the Beatles, I have two older brothers, and uh, you know, by age five, I knew every song on, on just about every album kind of thing, kept up with them all, all the way through. Um, played guitar, played Beatles in my band, Smackwater Jack, been playing Beatles all these years. And you played in the big room, played Beatles. In the exactly, exactly, in our little And how all the posters? Right, right. With all the albums yep. on them. So you got interested in the Beatles from your brother and you just carried it on. And yeah. so you've been to England, you've visited all the Beatles sites, you've oh, yeah. crossed Abbey Road and had your picture made many yeah, times, I've been to them. You've done 
Yeah, well, I figured out early on that, uh, that, that I wanted to take youth on mission trips to England. So, uh, <laughs> so I've done about 15 trips over that there. Works. You know, we've had, we've had great times in London and that type of thing. Been to Paul McCartney's house. Didn't get invited in. I don't know why, but I don't understand that. how that works. No, but, we'll uh, work on that. But yeah. So, so yeah, all that to say is it just uh, been a really huge fan, just assimilated a lot of information, collected a lot of memorabilia. I've got a Beatles room in my home and, and uh, with all this uh, the junk that other people would call junk. But, uh, so is there a gospel according to the Beatles book? There is. And there probably should be, but uh, there was been one every other thing, gospel according to everything else, from the right. Simpsons to the Peanuts. To, exactly. But I haven't seen the Beatles one. I don't know. Who <laughs> else could write it? That's right. Maybe that may be a future project. Do you, have, do you have a favorite Beatles song? I know that's putting you on a huge spot because you yeah. love them all. Favorite Beatles song before 1970, and then yeah, kind of like favorite. Of which them. of your children do you love the which most? Which one of your children do you love the most? <laughs> She's got three boys. Which one do you love the most? Tell the yes. truth. Come on. Yes, that's right. You I do. do. Yes. Yeah. Sure, totally. It's always keep, the oldest, right? I keep telling my ch my children that's like, you know, I, I loved your mom long before I loved you, so don't ever try to, you know, you'll right. get in trouble. So you notice he dodged my question there. <laughs> just, he wouldn't tell. <laughs> I, I do, you know, Strawberry Fields is really one of my favorite Beatles songs. It's it's trippy, you know. I love Nowhere Man. You know, I tend to be a little more of a John guy than a Paul guy, you know, for, from a musical standpoint. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Beatles, come on. It's like every, every artist today traces something back to the Beatles. And we're kidding, but there are an awful lot of spiritual images in Beatles music. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's to be one yeah, of the reasons you're attracted to the Beatles. I mean, and continue that attraction after you right. began to follow Christ. And there's at least uh, two scripture references in uh, Beatles songs. Most right. people don't know All right, about. spit them out. Okay. Well, one of them is, uh, is uh, let's see, one is a Georgia song where he says uh, it's on the uh, Sgt. Pepper's album. Where he talks about people who gain the whole world but lose their own soul, and uh, the the other is from "I'm a Loser," where John says, "And so it's true, pride comes before a fall." That's from Proverbs. So those are the only two I'm aware of. Now, did "I'm a Loser" have anything to do with "Losers Club," the book you wrote? <laughs> it did not, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were onto something here. Right, right. Yeah, "Losers Club" was about the failures and doubters in the Bible and how we can identify with them. Okay, so you've written, you said, twenty-four books. Twenty-four books. Twenty-four right. books, and of course. One's being made into a movie now, right. the Brian Bosworth story. Right. You know, um, that's coming out in January. Go ahead and mention that while we're... Yeah, it's, uh, it's called, uh, the movie's called Greater, and it's about the life of Brandon Burlesworth. Uh, I wrote the book Through the Eyes of a Champion in 2001, and uh, that book has, the story from that book has been adapted into a movie, and uh, I'm you know, a small part of that you know, company that helped produce that, but um, uh, just an honor to see something that you've written, a story that you've written, and uh, to see someone take that story and then make it into a movie. And, and so it's been great to partner with you. And you're in that movie. I'm in that movie. Don't blink. You'll miss me. But okay. yeah, I'm in there. All right. So we, you've got that and you've got the books. What got you interested in writing about prophecy? Because that's mm -hmm. the last couple of books yeah. are different than your other books. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Prophecy, I kind of fell into it, to be honest. I mean, it's not that, you know, I wasn't interested in prophecy, but um, uh, several, a few years ago, my agent called me and he said, hey, they're making a movie about Noah. And uh, as we know, Hollywood tends to not get it right <laughs> and when they do biblical uh, stories. And so I said, well, um, you know, what do you think we should do? He said, we should write a book or you should write a book, Jeff, called As It Was in the Days of Noah and just talk about the real story of Noah and how his story is, relates to our life today. Because Jesus said, when his disciples said, what will the end times be? He said, it'll be just like in the days of Noah. So, um, so that book came about that way, and it was one of these books where I really had to bear down and write it in a record amount of time. So I basically, you know, parked myself in my study for about eight weeks and didn't come out except to eat, basically, you know. Um, but I was very proud of the product. It came out uh, the same time the movie came out, 
and uh, has done very well. Now, I noticed in your book, you didn't include the giant rock monsters. Why did that, I, did you miss that part? Yeah, I don't know. I, I must have skipped over that somehow, you know, the rock monsters and the fact that Noah wanted to kill his family members and he was confused about his mission. Since I don't know. second Noah, yeah. there's a different book somewhere exactly. there. But you had really good response. You've been on national television programs. You've yeah, a lot of good, that, it's that been got, great. Yeah, it's Fox and Friends. That book sort of show. launched you into, the, I mean, to a next level, right? It I mean, did. You've been it, writing a lot of other really, things. Not people didn't know who you were before, yeah. but that took you up to a, a national level. Well, yeah, it, it did. It kind of raised awareness of who I was as an author and what I could do. And, uh, you know, just, I mean, it didn't realize I mean, when you're on the Fox and Friends show or Glenn Beck or Ben Shapiro or some other national radio or television program, it lets people see how legit, you know, you really are. And, of course, I didn't plan any of that. Those are things that just came to me. Um, but, uh, but, you know, at some point, sometimes God taps you on the shoulder and he says, you know, I, I'd like you to do this for me. And uh, sometimes it's a small thing and sometimes it's a big thing. And I'm okay with both. All right. And your next book, I want you to mention it, but first I want to make it clear to people who are listening, if you're familiar with this, if you're not, you can just go do something else. Jeff is not writing Hal Lindsey weird books. Uh, he's not making predictions. He's not telling you to move to a bunker and start saving freeze-dried food. So I want to make that clear because when people hear prophecy, that's what they think yeah. about. Yeah, they do. And most I, of the people listening to this podcast probably don't know anything about it. A lot of them may not go to church anymore because mm -hmm. as we know, that trend is yeah. particularly under the age of... 25 or 30, and just, right. the numbers are gigantic that don't go. So this would yeah. just be like me and you talking about unicorns. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So you got yeah. the new book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, the new book is called Wake the Bride. And, and about prophecy, I'll say this, is that I have that in common with people. I mean, I'm very skeptical about people who are date setters and, you know, want to get all off on the blood moons and all this stuff. You know, my deal is I want to say what the Bible says, and I don't want to be speculative or to you know, be conjectural or anything like that. Just say what the Bible says. And we could say, hey, this could mean this, it could mean this. But the main point is I wanted people to really do their own study, do their own research. And that's one of the reasons why in my new book, Wake the Bride, as I did with Noah, there's some 500 cross-references, additional places you can look up, other research you can do on your own. Uh, but Wake the Bride uh, is called Facing These Last Days with Your Eyes Wide Open. And it's about helping people understand where we are, particularly in the church, uh, the state of the church today, as it was in Jesus' day and, and post-Jesus' day, um, and where we have similarities with the church and how we can really prepare ourselves. And I always say that, you know, I've done probably 80 weddings in my ministry career. I tell the men, if you show up with a ring and a pulse, I can get you through this, you know. But the women, they spend months and months and months getting ready for this thing, meeting with people, you know, wedding planners and florists and, and all these folks. And besides swiping dad's credit card and charging that to his account, um, it's one of these deals where they're, they want to be as prepared and as beautiful and as pure and as ready for their groom, for the man they've dreamed about all their life. And this book helps Christians do that for their Lord. Okay. And it's available where? Amazon? Amazon. Barnes Is there an audio Audible. book? Uh, no, there's no audio. Okay. Yeah. That's coming. There's, there's been a lot of requests for that. So, right, yeah. right. Um, and, you know, it's funny because, you know, you and I, when we were in high school, we didn't think we were going to get out of high school where Jesus came back. We, right, we were exactly. certain it was we, we were yeah, done. Exactly, it was over. We weren't going to finish high school. Yeah, Jesus yeah. was going to just kick us out of there. And right, we were done. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. the, your books also seem to be you're talking about making people do the work. Sort of, a, you can see the progression that from the youth stuff where you did workbooks and discipleship mm -hmm. to now always getting people to do their own work. These yeah. are not proclamations of yeah. here are 20 more things you need to believe. Yeah. You're just trying to get people right. trying to start conversations. Exactly, and, and, and the nature of the way that I write, my writing style is a very engaging style where people 
when they read me, they're drawn into the message and drawn into it. And it causes them to think. I ask questions a lot in my books because I want people to integrate the thoughts that I'm writing about into their own life. And how that plays out is their business. You know, My job is to simply present the truth in a way that's very interesting and, and accurate but at the same time gets them gets their fingers wet you know into the okay text. any of our old buddies are listening to this and they know may not go to church may not even believe in god could they read that book and not be confused absolutely yeah yeah my, again my writing so if you're style, a beatles fan and you hear this and say okay he likes the beatles he writes books but i don't yeah. know about this christian stuff <laughs> yeah they can read your book and they won't be freaked out yeah it's funny you know just about every interview i do and, and people that that um I come in contact with or read my books, the comments that I get, the comment I most often get is that when I read your books, I simply understand it now, you know, type thing. So I'm not, you know, I don't write in, in this high academia type thing. I don't write for PhDs and what I call PNTs or prophecy nerd types, you know, guys with the big charts kind of things. I write for the common person. And so when the common person reads my books, they go, you know, for the first time, I think I can actually get this. That's great. Well, if people want to find out more about you, you're all over Facebook. Jeff, yeah. Just search Jeff Kenley and you'll yeah. come up first. And also JeffKenley.com. Absolutely, yeah. And I want to remind everybody, too, since it is Veterans Day week, your dad's out at Richard Campbell, yeah. Navy veteran. Right. JB. Yeah, JB's Does it stand around. for anything? That does stand for a thing. And you, a lot of folks know him from over the years doing the flooring stuff. And also, if you remember after he retired, he was doing uh, uh, the uh, uh, crossing guard yeah. at Midway Elementary School Absolutely. for a while. and. That was his second life gig. And there. He really enjoyed being out there with the kids. He and did. All, he I really loves thought a lot kids. of your parents. And I know my mom and dad loved you. They yeah. thought of you as uh, another son. And yeah. you spent a lot of time in our house. But hope everybody will check this book out. The easiest way to get it is Amazon, right? Absolutely. And jeffkinley.com if yes. you want to know anything else. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Thanks Greg. It. Good to be with you. Yeah. If you want to check out more about Jeff's books, you can go to jeffkinley.com or you can just search him at Amazon. And you'll see that. Jeff and I talked about a lot of things that have changed here in Anderson since he's been gone, good and bad. But one of the good things that's marking an anniversary next year, and it's been helping folks in Anderson almost as long as Jeff and I have been friends, and that's Meals on Wheels of Anderson. And to remind you, Meals on Wheels feeds well over 600 senior citizens every day in this county, and they do it without any federal or state money. They do it on based on donations and volunteers and volunteer work. And they do need your help again as we head into the holiday season. We're talking to Larry Ashley, Meals on Wheels of Anderson. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. I came here to talk to you about one thing, but now I realize we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Yes. And one of them you mentioned was uh, Sullivan's, Bill Nick's Sullivan's downtown has started a deal where if you give $40 to Meals on Wheels, you get a $10 gift certificate for Sullivan's. That's exactly right. Um, and the donation comes directly to us. We, we're calling it Give a Meal, Get a Meal. And if you make a $40 or more do donation to Meals on Wheels with it designated as Give a Meal, um, then you will get a gift certificate for $10, which will be used next year at Sullivan's anytime. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, yes, we Sullivan's. are so appreciative of Sullivan's for yeah, doing that. Sullivan's got not only downtown, but out at Brookstone, so you can... You Absolutely. Know, and so a big, this is a great Christmas gift, I think. Yes, you know? that's what we're hoping, that people, yeah, people will can say, Ooh, get to the end of the year, give to you guys, and get a right. bunch of gift certificates. So, yes. uh, so if they want to give like a bunch, they can get a bunch of gift certificates, right? Well, we're only going to give one gift certificate. So I guess if they uh, wanted to break first. it up and give it to us a couple of different times, that would be fine. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> we're not going to give I'm per $40. I'm working a $40. Christmas scam here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not going to give per $40. But but if somebody had like 40000 you could probably work something out. Oh, probably so. <laughs> Bill might go out of business. but <laughs> Oh, no, I think he'd work something out with you too. If that so that's, that's going on right now. And you can actually text to do that, right? Yes. You can text Give a Meal to 50155, or you can go online to our website, acmow.org. And they'll mail them a certificate, right, if you do that? Yes, that's correct. 
Okay. Well, good. All right. So you got that going on, um, and that's through the end of the year, right? Yes. Um, actually, it's through December 1st. Through December 1st, yes. okay. And the, and the gift stickers will be good beginning January 1. That's correct. Okay. Um, and we're, we're culminating it on December 1st because that's Giving Tuesday. And we're right. trying to really promote um, Giving Tuesday. I don't know if you've heard Let's of that. Let's talk about Giving Tuesday. Yeah, I'm yep. pretty familiar with it. Tell um, us about it. But the idea is nonprofits came up with, um, there's Black Friday, there's Cyber Monday, and we wanted um, to bring people back into thinking about nonprofits on Giving Tuesday. So it's always the Tuesday after Cyber Monday. Which is what December day? 1st. December 1st this yes. year. Okay. Which is almost here. Yes, it really is. <laughs> do you have anything else for that day you got planned? I mean, I um, we'll do some social media um, push out that day or the right. day before, um, getting people just to really think about and, and doing that text to give and that kind of thing or going online. Right. Um, so. Okay, for people, I mean, this that have been hiding under a rock, yes. go ahead and tell us what Meals on Wheels of Anderson does. Yes. And... Um, we deliver approximately 600 meals a day to the homebound elderly and disabled in Anderson County, and that's Monday through Friday. Um, then on the weekends, we send out Frozen on Fridays um, to cover the weekends for those who need it, I promise. Um, we do that by using volunteers. Uh, we have a right at 450 volunteers that help us um, and use probably around 80 volunteers each weekday. And of course, we're always needing volunteers. And local donations. That's correct. That's so correct. It's not we state and federal any, money. No. This is all local people giving to help local. And you do need, like, so you always need drivers. You always need food packers. A right. Bit. So if anybody can do even just one day a week. That, Absolutely. Um, one day a week, one day a month. We would be happy to work out with your schedule to help us out. And a lot of businesses will say, hey, we'll take a route for the office and we'll do one day a month or yes. once a week or whatever. And they yes. break it up and nobody has to do it. Right. Once a couple of times a year, if you're Absolutely. breaking it up in a big office. So. Right. It's a great way for the um, businesses to give back to the community and show that they care. It also sort of creates community and offices when yes, you're doing does. stuff like that together. People will say, hey, it's your Meals on Wheels time. Or they can go together yes. and go as a Great pair. team building. Yeah, it, it um, really is. Well, we're talking about that, the meals and getting ready, and we are. We were, we were joking about it. it's almost December first, but it also means it's almost winter. Right. Which you guys have to face the elements like everybody else. Except when there's an ice storm, if y'all can't go out, somebody's going to be hungry. That's right. Um, so what we do is we ask for shelf-stable meal packages, and that includes um, a ready-to-eat soup can, um, Nutrigain bar or granola bar, um, can of box juice or something like that, and then raisins or some kind of container of fruit or something. And that list is also on our website or people can call in if they want to. But what we ask is people box or bag that up into a Ziploc bag um, and then we send those out. We like to have at least three rounds out there because there are a lot of times that, you know, it's not just one day of ice, it's, you know, a couple, several days of ice. Mm -hmm. So um, we like to send at least three rounds out there. So that means close to 2,000 packages um, that we need to be sent out. So. Uh, we ask that this is a great project for um, church groups, maybe civic clubs to do, or it's even good for an individual because the beauty of it is you can pack one package for us or you can pack you know, multiple packages for us. Right. Well, and this, this, this is stuff that doesn't have to be prepared at all. People can eat it right out of bag. That's exactly right. You give them right. a Ziploc bag and they've got food to eat and keep them from being hungry until exactly. y'all can get back down there. Yes, and that's the chance of, you know, they lose power as well as, uh, we're not able to deliver to them. So that's why we ask for it to be the ready-to-eat um, cans of soup, not the ones that you have to add water to or that kind of thing. I may have mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but um, they're saying it's going to be a really cold winter. Yes. The Farmer's Almanac. And the, now, the, I don't know if you saw the hornet's nest trip. Have you seen this? They no. say it's one of the most accurate indicators. If the hornet's nests are built closer to the ground, it's going to be a much more snowy, icy winter. And they're saying most places they're built below the ground around here. So. Oh. 
Looking for more snow and ice. I hate so. it. I love summer and I hate winter, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you love Christmas. I do love Christmas. <laughs> So what else y'all got going on? Um, we also have our Adopt-A-Route program, right. and that is for those days that we're closed, Thanksgiving um, and Christmas and New Year's. Um, and we ask that people will help us by preparing food and delivering it out. We'll give them a list of um, people to deliver to. Um, but we have a great group of people who always do help us out. Um, they prepare their, their own food, and then we set up to have somebody contact them and, and, and pick up the food from them and take that out to deliver so that they get a nice... Thanksgiving meal on right. Thanksgiving Day, not something frozen or whatever that we send out. Right. Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, now, as you get towards Christmas, I mean, people need to remember you guys as you're coming in here at the end of the year looking for places to give, y'all. Absolutely. Always... Um, the majority of our funds come in around this time of year, between November and January. Um, so we do ask that people remember us. It's been a really tight, tough year financially for us, so we ask that people do, do remember us to donate Well, that's to one us. thing that I've mentioned and been talking about for several months is it's the tightest year, I think, for all our local charities, which is, seems to go against what they're saying nationally about, yes, it is. about funds and people. people are just, they don't, the, the economy's not bouncing back to the people who are giving, right. the middle-class people who give are not making more money, right. and so they're tight. Yes. And uh, that's why I'll talk to you about it some more, but this this one local dollar thing we're trying to get going to, so I'll have to yes. talk to you about that. And um, hopefully we're going to have some more, including them, tentatively hoping that uh, Leadership Anderson, some other people can get on board with this. It'll be good, good things. So, uh, right. You know, I, they always say that our presidential year is um, tight financially for nonprofits. So in my opinion, we've probably already started into that process, so it's going to be a long time. Um, it is so long till elections. <laughs> and also, who is giving money to some of these people? I mean, honest <laughs> to goodness, whatever your politics, whatever side, you look at the numerous candidates, and, you, and there are certain ones that have no chance at all. I mean, not even if there were 50 plane crashes, these people aren't going to get the nomination. They'll yeah. find somebody else. But somebody's giving them millions of dollars. Yeah. Meanwhile, Meals on Wheels and people that are on the ground serving and doing stuff are having to get out, you know, with a hat in hand asking for money again. Yeah. So there's something wrong with that picture. Yeah, you're exactly right. But you can give Christmas gifts and just yes. tell people, hey, I gave a gift in your honor. A lot of people do that kind of thing. Absolutely. And we actually have a card that we send out um, to Perfect. the honoree. So that's taken care of for the person. Yeah, that's good. It's a great way to think about doing for Meals on Wheels. I don't know. I've, I've talked to some Meals on Wheels volunteers. It seems like a lot of your volunteers, and the only volunteer they give. Yes. And that's unusual a lot of times. People yeah. usually think either or. They either, yes. well, I'll give my time or I'll give my money. But you got a lot of people who are doing both. We do. And We're very that's, fortunate. Uh, well, it also shows that uh, people believe in what you're doing and yes. know they're doing something good. Yes. Well, you know what? You deliver one time out to the folks that we deliver to, and, and you'll see, um, you'll, you'll have the compassion for those folks. Right. Well, if everybody listening would give 50 cents. Right. You know, it would bring you, I mean, just, just iTunes subscribers alone, that would bring you $2,500. Right. Just 50 cents. And that's the one local dollar idea that uh, if half of the county would give $1 a, a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about asking everybody. I'm talking about driving down under the viaduct and telling those guys, hey, we want you to get back to the community. We mm-hmm. need a dollar. Can mm-hmm. you come up with 50 cents or a dollar? You know, make it a part of everything you do. Every place, say, show up, there's a little bucket. Hey, if you want to give back to people coming along, then you engage everybody. Right. That's over a million dollars a year. Wow. At one dollar for yeah. half the people. It's nothing. So we got to get people involved. Yeah. So Christmas is coming. If you're looking for that little extra stocking stuffer, you can stick that card in there and yes. say, hey, you got some candy in here, and also you, we gave some money on Meals on Wheels in, in your honor. Yes. Anything else into the year we need to know about? 
because it is the end of the year, believe it or not. I know, it really is. Um, we are always needing substitute drivers for Christmas time or you know, around the holiday always. season. Um, so if you are thinking about it and want to get involved with us, that would be a good time to get involved with us. Um, we have a lot of uh, teachers that usually help when they're out. Um, right. So they need to be thinking about if they want to do that with us the week of and the week after Christmas. Um, so just help us out any way you can. And we'll get together later and talk about this because y'all got a big anniversary coming up next year. Yes, we do. It's our 40th anniversary, so we have some so, exciting things planned for next so year. So we'll let everybody know. Been here a long time. Yes. Still plugging away. <laughs> yes. And we're going to get it done. Well, uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the word out. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Appreciate it. Again, when we talk about anybody doing anything good in this community, which is one of our goals, both for the Anderson Observer newspaper and the Anderson Observer podcast, News from People You Trust, uh, we really appreciate what Mills on Wheels does. And a special thanks to Bill Nickus, owner of Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill and Sullivan's at Brookstone, for giving back to this community and, and helping people be rewarded for giving back. It's always nice to get a little bonus. Bill has always been in the front of the line when any group in this area, any charitable organization needed help. You name it, Sullivan's has been there. And what's always impressed me about Bill and about Sullivan's is when they put on a charity event of some sort, it's always with their top-notch food. It's not a couple of chicken fingers and a cheese plate. He, he cooks his shrimp and grits and some of his real specialties. I've been to ones that had bacon-wrapped quail and all sorts of other things, plus his desserts. Bill does a first-rate job, and he gives his very best when he's helping charities, and we can really want to give him a shout-out and say thanks to Bill for being such a great community citizen. But 2015 has been a tough year. I keep mentioning that for every single local charity I've talked to, and they do need our help. And as we move into the new year, one local dollar will begin functioning. And what we're going to do is ask every Andersonian to have a part in making our home a better place to live and work and be with our friends. And we'll be doing that by asking everybody to help. And this organization will help Meals on Wheels and AIM and The Haven and some of the others here too, as well as Foothills Foundation. The idea is that if only half of the people in Anderson County would give $1 per month, it would generate $1.2 million per year for local groups such as Meals on Wheels and AIM and Haven Arrest, Foothills Alliance and some others. Remember, this week is one of those big weeks for one of those groups. Um, you heard Lurie talking about Meals on Wheels and all they've got going on. Well, Saturday night, AIM marks 25 years with a black tie event, Fancy Smancy, which is Everything they do is so far from fancy. <laughs> it's funny, but it's always good to celebrate. It's a big fundraiser as well. It's not just to do anything other than to show people how good of stewards they have been with your money over the years. Visit their Facebook page for more information on tickets. But it will be a night to celebrate Anderson's Anderson Interface Ministries, which is now just AIM's impact on Anderson over the past 25 years. Hope to see you there. There's going to be some special videos and some other things as part of the celebration. So it's it's Saturday night. It's not too late probably to grab a ticket or two that's left. Visit their Facebook page, aimcharity.org, and you'll find out more about it. Also this week is Foothill Alliance's annual Festival of Trees. It's in full swing right now. If you haven't been out to see their things at the Civic Center, it's not too late. You can do it today. They, uh, the Anderson Festival of Trees, there are details on Facebook, but the idea is that groups volunteer to buy and decorate Christmas trees, which are then auctioned off to raise money to help children and their families who are victims of all sorts of circumstances. If you want a great Christmas tree, fully lighted and decorated and delivered to your front door, check them out this week. Uh, they're on display at the Anderson Civic Center. So if you're one of those people who likes Christmas but wants somebody else to do all the work, that's the perfect idea for you. 
And of course, you can always uh, help any of these organizations with financial contributions if you don't have time for that. Speaking of which, the Haven still needs not only your finances, but also they could use some hams and turkeys and a few other things, green beans, for their annual Thanksgiving dinner, which is coming up rapidly, less than two weeks away now. Last year, they served more than 2,500 meals, and they will be here with turkey prices going up and getting higher and higher because of avian flu and some of the other things. They could really use your help, so help them out. You can drop a turkey by there or drop some green beans by. If you send, bring things by in can, try to buy those big giant cans and not the little ones because that's a lot of man hours somebody has to spend opening those. Next week, we're going to talk to the Haven Arrest Director, Sid Stewart, a little bit more about their Thanksgiving meal and all that's going on with that. But they do need help. They use, need volunteers, people who will come in and deliver meals because they do take meals to shut-ins as well. So help Haven out as they get ready for the biggest annual single meal they serve uh, locally to uh, folks in need. Well, Christmas is just 41 days away. So after you get your Christmas tree from Foothills Alliance Festival of Trees, you can call AIM and ask them to give you one of the families on their list of those who need your help. Uh, if you've got a civic organization, your church group, a Sunday school class, just a, a club, anything, it's great to take on one of those families and go shopping. And this is mainly for the kids. These are not, this is not one of those things that uh, a lot of people get suspicious. AIM vets every single one of these families so you can know that the folks there have a legitimate need and that you can really help those kids and those families have a great Christmas. We'll have more on that as we report on AIM's Gala next week. So tune in because next week we'll also have the people behind another big story this week, Anderson's first downtown ice skating rink at the Carolina Wren Park. So stay tuned for that. It opens next Thursday. And we will be talking to somebody about that on next week's podcast. Speaking of that, I want to remind everybody once more, the Anderson Reserver podcast is made possible by Sullivan's at Brookstone, Anderson's best spot for lunch and dinner, Thursday through Friday, and lunch on Wednesday through Sunday, Sunday lunch for Sullivan's food, something you cannot get downtown. You heard it right, Sunday's lunch at Brookstone. They also have that nice outdoor seating when the weather's nice, so you might want to get out there for that. Check them out on Facebook at Sullivan's at Brookstone or at Sullivan'sBrookstone.com. Bill is giving back to this community again through Meals on Wheels and so many other venues, so tell him thanks for supporting this community when you go out there and eat, and if you don't mind, tell him you heard about it on the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. We're also brought to you by Tom Dunaway Law Firm. With more than 35 years' experience, Anderson's Tommy Dunaway can help you with any of your legal needs and treat you like a member of the family. Call him today, 224-1144, and see how he can help. He sure has helped me. And a special thanks, too, to Roland Automotive, who always does a great job in keeping my old truck running. Zach Rowland is a really good, honest mechanic with decades of experience here in Anderson, and his new facility on 650 McGee Road in Anderson features the state-of-the-art service and diagnostics equipment, and he's got great folks out there. They'll treat you right. So whether you just need to find out why your check engine light won't go off, or you need an oil change, or maybe get your brakes checked, visit Rowland's. Check him out on Facebook or at RolandsAutomotive.com. That's it for the November 13th Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. See you next week. Until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place.